Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Coffee Connections. I'm your host, Seth Weiner, and I am your rock chenier. Uh Wow. Do you know what today is? Today is National Coffee Day. <laughs> yes, National Coffee Day. I mean, and we're doing a Coffee Connections. How appropriate is it? If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. And for a back catalog of all of our Coffee Connections, as you're going to be caffeinated today and you got time, they're all about 30 minutes long. You go to uh, yourrockchineer.com right there at the bottom, Coffee Connections, and you can see all of our guests. This is episode 12. we got a lot more coming to you all. So let's jump into it, shall we? Uh, today, our guest is actually an old friend of mine. Matt Weiss. That's right. Matt Weiss with he is with Center for Civic Innovation. He's the senior director of operations. Uh, he's an Atlanta native. So, yes, ATL means a lot to him. Um, and the Center of Civic Innovation is a nonprofit organization that elevates outcomes driven and community centered solutions that address inequality in Atlanta. They conduct research. They host educational public programs. They invest in the community solutions led by local leaders and advocates and are advocates for a policy change with the belief that community needs and voices must be at the center of all public decision making. Now, before his time with CCI, Matt was a managing partner of the A3C Festival and Conference, a big hip hop conference here, and he helped them grow into one of the largest cultural events in the country. He's also a uh, musician with a history of Atlanta music. Uh, but let me go ahead, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome Matt Weiss to the show. Matt, hello, sir. How are you? Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me, buddy. Uh, well, it's my pleasure, but it's also, you're here because of the Fox Theater. Uh, Allie, uh, inter we interviewed, or I interviewed Allie a couple weeks ago, and uh, she suggested you and your organization. Well, Allie's good people and a great, and the Fox Theater organization, Fox Theater Institute is a great organization. So proud to be on the list. Yeah. Well, I saw you have a coffee mug. Are you, are you a coffee drinker? Of course. This is my, uh, in, this is the extra cup of coffee I don't need that I have throughout the whole day. So that's just how it works. Too much well, coffee. What, what's the deal with the mug? Is there a story behind that mug? Uh, these are uh, my least favorite politicians. Um, we've got, uh, I don't know if you can see that there, but I've got Michelle Bachman. We've got Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell. It just reminds me to keep keep active every morning and scares me into waking up. Okay. All right. Uh, coffee. Do you like it hot or cold? Hot, always. Do you like it French press or drip? Neither. I have a Jura Capresso, so I'm a super coffee nerd. I've got the one that makes the coffee, grinds the beans and disposes of the beans and the whole thing. Very, Whoa. very into my coffee. Okay, dark roast or light roast or light, light to medium. That's where all the caffeine is. Ah, all right, all right. Well, I got to tell you, every week I talk about this because, I, and everyone says some. Very few people say French press, but I want to share something with everyone today. As I said, I would. This here, this is the French press I've been talking about. This guy here. I'm not trying to sell it on Amazon. It just happens to be there. It's this portable French press. It makes the most perfect cup of coffee. It's simple to use. Um, any rate, I keep I keep saying I'm going to share it, so I've shared it, and now it's time for you, sir, to share more information about the Center for Civic Innovation. I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to you, sir. Sure. Uh, well, you know, you, you gave us you gave our mission statement in the intro, um, which is great. You know, we do 
the work that we do is about uh, is about helping grass at the first part of it's helping grassroots solutions in Atlanta. So uh, a main portion of our work is through our fellowship program, which uh, we have applications open today um, and will be open through the end of the weekend through till October 4th, where we are accepting applications for people who are trying to solve problems inside of their communities. We believe at the Center for Civic Innovation that uh, the best solutions are from the neighborhoods themselves. Too many times uh, NGOs and different organizations come in and they prescribe solutions to neighborhoods and communities that aren't built for them and they don't get used, they're wasted and, uh, and the gap becomes bigger. So we truly believe that through support, investment, education, uh, that we can help build better solutions in Atlanta from the neighborhood, um, the neighborhood point. And then, in addition to that, we do uh, civic engagement work. So uh, a lot of what we do is through uh, educational pieces, such as our conversations, just like this that we have on a weekly basis, um, where we're talking to leaders and community builders and different organizations across Atlanta who are who are focused and doing the work. Um, and then, uh, in addition to that, we have a a research and data arm where we're looking at the way that Atlanta funds its organizations, how philanthropy works, um, how com how Atlanta's uh, neighborhoods communicate through their NPU systems. Um, there's just a lot of uh, a lot of moving pieces over here at CCI, but we're a group of strong, really dedicated people who, uh, quite frankly, give a shit, and we want to see Atlanta grow and grow in the right way and grow with the white pe right people. <laughs> wow, grow with the right people at the table, not just the white people. I should say that. <laughs> Uh, that's all right. Yeah, so how many people are part of the organization? We're about 10 deep. Uh, and then, but that doesn't, uh, that doesn't include, you know, the 82 odd fellows that are part of our alumni in our community or the, the vast network of partners that we work with to execute a lot of these programs that we're doing. So, uh, it's, uh, there's 10, there's 10 dedicated individuals that bleed and sweat and cry over this work all the time. But, uh, you know, we're, we're supported by a vast network of, of really great people in Atlanta. Right. Now, uh, what about, Someone that's watching that might say, I've never heard of you all. How may they have heard of you without even realizing it? Sure. Uh, so I think uh, for the general public, a lot of, lot of what we did that got everybody's attention was around the Atlanta's uh, mayoral election a couple of years ago, which would have been four years ago next year, um, where we enacted a new campaign called our Vote Local Initiative or Vote ATL, excuse me. Uh, and through that program, uh, we had conversations with every, every single person who ran for mayor in Atlanta. Um, that was a lot of jokers. And uh, we worked really hard to make sure people didn't really have, have information about where to register. Of course, that's important. Um, but we wanted to make sure people understood what these people do for a living. You know, what does the mayor do? What does our city council do for a living? What is their scope of work? Who do they you know, who do they report to? You know, who does APS report to? There's a lot of misunderstanding around the way civics works, especially in Atlanta. So we saw that gap and we try to fill that gap and we'll continue to do that next year um, uh, as we go into the next uh, mayoral race, however that looks. Uh, but we're dedicated, on, we're focused on making sure people understand how their local policy is made uh, and how they can affect that. It's so important. Mm -hmm. And have, as the world changed on us and paused and pivoted and everything else, has your organization continued pretty much the same or what are some, what are some of the biggest changes that you guys have had? You know, we're the center for civic or we're the center for civic innovation without a center. Um, we have been remote since March 13th, just like everybody else. And uh, such a large part of our, you know, the way we do work is by convening people. We have not been able to convene people since then. So we've had to pivot in a major way. 
Uh, now I will say the word pivot is kind of the free bingo square of the COVID crisis when it comes to the way businesses work. So the way that we did it is uh, we moved it, we, just like everybody else, we transitioned everything online. Our team began working remotely. Um, we had to instill, all, you know, from the back end, the boring logistics stuff, just had to instill a lot of new processes and a lot of new ways to communicate to each other and our community. And so uh, we've had a lot of success doing that, actually. We've launched two new programs, one called the Community Conversation, where we uh, talk to a different uh, leader in the community space and, and um, in the nonprofit space who just really are boots on the ground doing it. And, uh, and then we launched another event called Social Studies, which we have one coming up this Friday at 9 a.m., shameless plug, uh, where we uh, delve deep into a topic. Uh, so this month, uh, this last month, we did Neighborhood Power. We, we talked uh, to uh, some key NPU leaders and uh, people in the government about how neighborhoods communicate uh, for, uh, to, for policymakers. And so this month, we're looking at philanthropy. And we, you know, starting, um, you know, starting in April, we started to do a real deep dive in research on, you know, how Atlanta's uh, philanthropic community is uh, reacting to the COVID crisis. And so we looked at a lot of the major organizations. We took the findings and we have been we released a report or excuse me, we will be releasing a report on Friday uh, where uh, we have outlined, you know, how that money was spent and some of the gaps that we saw in that. Um, in addition to that, we're having a conversation on Friday with a lot of the philanthropic leaders in Atlanta to go deeper into that story. Um, it's now, a real interesting time. Without taking away from Friday, I know you know. I want every they can they can find more information at civicatlanta.org. I'm going to keep that up there. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit of what you discovered, though? Just so a little, a little nugget. I mean, it's nothing that okay. you wouldn't be surprised. You know, I think that uh, you know, 21 percent of all COVID-19 relief grants were given to organizations founded by Black women, but they have only received 10 percent of the overall funding. When you're talking about a city. Yeah, let me repeat that again. 10% yeah. of overall funding went to black women-led organizations. That does that is not reflective of the population of the city. Mm. Um, you know, there's if you go to Civic Atlanta backslash philanthropy, uh, civicatlanta.org backslash philanthropy, you can see a lot of the data that we've released already. We put some infographics together. We've kind of outlined some of the, ma- the, the main top line findings that we've um, we've put out there. And then on Friday, we're releasing a much more detailed report that's going to go into the weeds on a lot of these subjects. And we hope that organizations and in, in different cities look at this information and make changes, right? Like we're not, mm-hmm. we're not doing this to slap people's hands and, and say, you're bad. Uh, what we're doing is we, we just want, we want funding and we want people who are funding in Atlanta to be more representative of the people that they're funding. Fair and no, simple. It, I mean, it makes I, sense. So you can, you, you open this up and you expose, expose it. And not even like it's, and it's not a aha look at this. It's it's just hey, this is what it is. How do you propose the change to be to to come through that though? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I can only speak from my personal uh, experience on this. Uh, I think there's a number of ways you can look at it, um, but I think first and foremost, uh, black women need a seat at the table. It's simple. Um, as a white man. I'm able just through relationships to open doors that that black women just aren't able to get through. And it's fucked up and it's bullshit and it needs to be called out for what it is. Um, So until uh, black women and black men in Atlanta specifically, where we have 52% of the population are black, uh, that we have to, we have to change the game on the way they have access to these avenues of funding. Those opportunity gaps are huge. And until we, until we start talking about it and exposing it and, 
being okay with the fact that it exists, but not being okay with that being the status quo is important. Again, I, I think, you know, what we're learning in this time, um, whatever you want to call it, uh, where, you know, you've got a bunch of performative wokeness going on on one side, and you've got uh, everybody just trying to figure out, you know, how to deal with, you know, the, 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 your race versus their race and everything. It's like, you have to make space for people. And so that what I'm trying to get at is that the grace period for not making space for individuals and not creating equitable spaces is over. So it's not mm. about shaming people for what they've done in the past. It's, it's about shaming them for what they're not going to do in the future. And it's holding people accountable for that. Um, that's the, that's the fastest and easiest way to change it. Yeah. Uh, also through these programs, uh, like the, um, the one you just mentioned this, uh, excuse me for a second, the, uh, the fellowship program mm -hmm. sounds like that's, that's a, a one way to really get it going as well. Sure. Um, just to talk about that for a second, you know, it's a mm -hmm. six month program that we've been offering, uh, uh, for about five years, uh, where we look for grassroots leaders, entrepreneurs, and movement builders. We look for them, you know, the people that have the brilliant ideas that address social and economic inequality in their own communities, but don't have the resources to support or achieve those. We want to find those ideas. We want to give them the tools, um, give them the support they need, investment when necessary, and let them test their solution and prove that it, it works. Like we, we truly believe, we want to be the department of failure. We want people to come to us with just an idea and we help them along the way of testing it, improving it, or and then either scrapping it, because let's face it, not every idea works, or throwing some gas on that fire and letting it really, really take flight, really, really burn bright. And uh, it's it's amazing work. We've uh, graduated about 82 organizations through the fellowship program so far. Like I mentioned earlier, we've got an application open right now only through Sunday. If anybody, if you got just the smallest idea you like wouldn't it be cool if or whatever i really implore you to go to our website and check it out we also have a free info session which at 5 30 this afternoon on zoom where you can ask questions and find out you know maybe are you a good fit for this program maybe you're not what do you need to do to apply whatever you want just if, if you're at all curious i would you know bare minimum go check out our website the applications right there or check out the info session if you want more but you know we re this is the fuel this is what keeps us going man is these these leaders and you know you know, we want to we want to try to you know absorb as much of their struggle as we can, but give them the mm -hmm. tool to rise above whatever those struggles are. And yeah, it's great work, man. We love is, it. Is there an age? I mean, is it do you have to be a certain age, or it's just? A, uh, uh, I don't want to. I believe you have to be eighteen. I should know. Okay, but but that. it's <laughs> but it's not like uh, it's not like a cutoff at like twenty four or something. Oh is... no, no, we 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 welcome you know uh, uh, the largest diversity. You know, any age, any creed, whatever, right? Like. For us, it's just important that you're working in Atlanta, um, that you're and you're solving a, an, a you're solving a, a problem in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, that's really we're just micro focused on the city. Now you said throwing fuel, you know, throwing money to to the projects, right? Where do you get your Where do you get the money to do that? I mean, I know you're a very wealthy guy, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, I got you know, you know how I roll. Uh, my you know 2008 uh, Honda Accord with the you know messed up bumper is you know balling. Uh, you, you know, we work with a lot of great corporate partners, a lot of uh, philanthropic partners um, to fund these organizations. Uh, we currently have a number of relationships uh, with organizations who who want to make micro grants into organizations like this and look to us uh, to be that support system for them. Um, so we're very we're very fortunate to have a lot of great partners. Um, and uh, and a lot of the times what we're doing is we're trying to pull in that funding for them to, you know, support our program 
uh, to support the tools that we give them, but also, you know, provide additional grant funding and to offset the cost of classes and whatever, you know, opportunities they're missing out of for taking a part in the program. We want to make sure that they're whole and good for that participation. Um, and then, you know, the goal is to continue to invest in these organizations as their impact grows. Uh, we really want to see investment, the same kind of investment we see in the startup sector. We want to see that in the, in the social sector. And we want to see it. Um, we really want to see that um, really address it and make sure that impact plays into the, the return on investment. It doesn't always have to be capital because so much capital. I mean, there's so many ways you can look at it, um, but we truly believe that impact is number one. Mm -hmm. Are you finding yourself to be a networker of an organization so that someone has like an innovator comes in, they have an idea and you're like, that's really great. And you've got all this access to others. Or someone's like, I, we need this missing piece and you're able to connect those pieces. Is that something Always. that you guys are doing? Always. Uh, I mean, I don't think that's a uh, official business. Uh, that's mm -hmm. not like a source of revenue for the nonprofit or anything like that, but it's a, uh, it's something we do because we care, right? Like we want, we want dope people to work with dope people. We want dope ideas to have amazing individuals behind them. And so when we see a correlation between two organizations, we actively try to put those together. Um, you know, cause the, the issue is not which organization is better run or bigger or whatever the issue, mm -hmm. what we're looking to is solve problems and solve these, solve these issues. We don't really care who does them as long as they do it the right way. No, that that's great. That makes a lot of sense. And, uh, I had like five questions at once pop in my head here, you know. <laughs> um, we mentioned before the Fox Theater, uh, Fox Theater Institute, uh, and you mentioned prior to the uh, to going live that you did uh, that you that you all did something with them. Not so much what you did with them, but what is it that you do for organizations like that? Like uh, because you mentioned, um, yeah, this is when you had in person opportunities. Oh, those were the days. Um, yeah, they'll be back. You know, they'll be back. We do generally enjoy working with uh, organizations like the Fox Theater Institute, for instance. Uh, they're a, a very well-run organization who uh, was just looking for what's next, right? And uh, a lot of the time, uh, different groups uh, will come to CCI to want to take advantage of the workshops and the trainings and the programs that we've put together specifically for civic organizations to better understand how they can tell stories. So occasionally, you know, through... Um, We've pulled them off the table this year um, for obvious reasons, but I believe mm -hmm. next year you'll start to see more public workshops around storytelling, around um, different aspects of, 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 you know, pitches and things like that in a way just to get people more involved and to better understand how they can tell their stories. And so we'll offer those to different organizations as needed, but it's, you know, we only want to, I mean, generally speaking, we'll, we, we try to make sure we're working with civic organizations or organizations that are solving problems and, Fox Theater Institute is definitely one of them. They might not be solely focused on Atlanta, but they're one that's out there doing the work in a right way. And we're actively trying to figure out how to even do that better. So yeah, we love well, those guys. You, you got to make it pretty Atlanta. <laughs> um, so, I mean, wow. I mean, I just can't, it's, it seems to me that you have an endless list of things that you guys are working on and people you're working <laughs> with. It's just how are you managing all that? And what is your senior director of operations? What does that, what does that entail? You know, the large part of my my job is, you know, the 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 compliance, the all the, the aspects is to keep, you know, the business running, right? Um, but it's very project based, right? Like so as an operations team at CCI, we're tasked with making sure that all the systems in place are working, you know, with only ten people and trying to convene this many people. Like for instance, 
you know, in, a, in addition to this fellowship program that I, I spoke about, and then in addition mm -hmm. to the philanthropy work that we're doing, we're also launching a citywide survey starting on Monday where we're gonna be, uh, we're gonna be surveying people about how they engage with their neighborhood planning units in Atlanta. Um, we have launched, we're in the second year of a third year program called the NPU Initiative, where, where we're actively working with NPU leaders and uh, different people in the Atlanta community to try to understand how the NPU system works currently, and then try to understand maybe some ways to make it better moving forward. Uh, so we're in the survey stage of that. This summer, we were supposed to be knocking on doors and canvassing, holding pop-up events, um, educational touch points about the MPU. Well, clearly we're not doing that now. So we're launching the survey instead. So there's the, a lot of workings behind that. Like there's just, mm -hmm. there's always something that we've got to figure out and we've got to figure it out fast because we've got very lofty goals. And if we're not working, we're not supporting people and we're not doing the job. So you'll, you'll never yeah. see us toiling our thumbs, my friend. No, no, no. I mean, I never have seen you do that. <laughs> Whatever you're that. involved with, you know, you're mover and shaker. What about have you have you had any anything in line with uh, the Beltline um, and you know that sort of so? For, not really. No? Uh, no, I mean, you know, again, you know, we're not service providers, so I want to no, make that no, clear. Yeah. So, like any sort of issue when it when it gets into issue based things, like I think if you ever hear our name associated with anything around the Beltline, it's usually about we want more neighborhood involvement and in the way that they're communicating X, Y, and Z, right? We did a lot of work with um, with de the, uh, downtown Atlanta or uh, adjacent to downtown Atlanta with uh, the underground project, that crazy project that's still happening, right? Because we don't, we didn't believe that that project was was engaging with the community in the way that mm -hmm. they needed to. Um, so, you know, if you ever see us, you know, interacting on that level, it's usually about getting engagement and getting neighborhoods involved more. Um, but we usually don't uh, get, yeah, we, we try not to get in the weeds a lot with that kind of thing. Now, we will support 20 organizations who are trying to make the Beltline better all day long. We uh -huh. just organization. Oh, that makes sense. Wow. I mean, how do you keep track of all your organizations that you're working with? Um, Ayana, she works for me. She's amazing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we, uh, it's, you know, I mean, it's relational, man. How do you keep track with all the people you know? You've got one of the largest networks of anybody that I know, <laughs> quite frankly. And that, uh, it's true. It's true. And so, you know, how do you do that? Well, you, you just, you, you, you genuinely give a shit, right? You generally yeah. want to touch, you know, you want to keep in contact with these people. Um, it's not fake. It's not about like, you know, I need to keep up this, you know, I got to pull in my KPIs for my report. No, it's like, we actually want these people to succeed. Um, okay. I think part of the, Part of the kind of the magic and the sauce behind what we do at CCI is that we're working with pe amazing human beings. I mean, I'm talking mm -hmm. like amazing human beings, people that would lay their life down for the problem that they're trying to solve. And if that doesn't motivate you, then you're in the wrong biz. And so you've got, you know, so it's almost out of necessity. Like we create processes to try to keep up um, mm -hmm. because at, we never want, you know, at CCI, you know, especially as we build, as we continue to build out our community and continue uh, and as things continue to burn around us, we have to be a support system for these leaders. If we're not a support system for these leaders, we shouldn't be open. And we all, and so that it's just constantly tr trying to be better, man, trying to be better at all times. Yeah. Well, um, is there anything else you want to share about what you've got coming up or anything else about CCI that, uh, you know, you know um, shout out to my team. They're all in meetings right now. So I know they're not, they're not watching this right now. Um, uh, and no, they've I, heard enough of you. I'm sure they're not going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, they're pretty sick of me. I'll say, I'll just say that you know I, I I will implore everybody listening or watching or transcribing or however you intake your content these days to take a look at what we're doing in our fellowship program and then also take a look at what we're doing with our philanthropy philanthropy work. Um, and if you think you have an idea that 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 could be a good fit, just apply. Um, we you know we love for you to engage with the work that we do and. We're trying actively working on more avenues to get, you know, generally anybody who wants to engage to engage. But if, if you, if you see something that's, pardon my French, if you see something that's fucked up and you got a way to fix it, like we want to hear from you. Uh, and, uh, and so, yeah, just please come and visit us there. And, and one other quick thing is, um, as you saw in the intro video, the, and, and you mentioned, you know, you've got this beautiful space, but you're, uh, it's, it's not being used right now, but right. when, when in person is a thing again, uh, can you can you talk a little bit about where you guys are located and and the beauty of that? Sure. Yeah. You, so kind of the heart of CCI is the M Rich Building in uh, South Downtown Atlanta, where the old Riches Building, one one five MLK, um, and is South Downtown is just a fantastic uh, a fantastic dichotomy of everything that is in Atlanta. You know, I mean. We uh, we put ground we put roots down in downtown and are refusing to leave because it's such a part of our story. Um, the way that that neighborhood is so rapidly changing, um, along with you know, I, I mean, who knows what it's going to look like post COVID, whatever post COVID means. Um, <laughs> I, I it's just it's so interesting just how, that the fact that we live in a city with this many people and quite frankly nobody lives downtown. And nobody really goes downtown unless they're going to school or they got a court case. And, or they're going to the tabernacle for a concert, you know. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Um, so, you know, we want to be part of, we, we actively are trying to be part of the, the, the story of downtown. And it's not about revitalization or anything. It's about, it's about building downtown back up. Like it's well, about. And there's, there's a big people. chance for that. I mean, if you, if I, I drove down past downtown uh, towards the old uh, stadium and that whole area, it's like, like what is going on over there? It's it, there's a whole new life happening in that whole area from from downtown to the prison. Which, by the way, yes, there is a federal prison right there. Uh, like, you know, yes, that, but it's gotta it's gotta look like it. You, you know, the problem is is that there's a lot of there's a lot happening, right? But are is that the community that was there before? Are those the are the is that really the way we want Atlanta to be? Because like, if we're not careful, mm -hmm. man. Uh, downtown Atlanta, which is the last, you know, it's it's the last real estate left here. Let's be honest; that's worth anything. Um, we'll be living in we, you'll be living in a big Whole Foods, and it'll be it'll be just so corporate. And that we do have an opportunity to play a role. All of us, not just CCI, not just Matt, not just Seth, but all of us have an opportunity to have a say in the way that that the way downtown is developed. Because um, mm -hmm. there's so I mean, everybody's you know you know trying to do this and that for the Gulch, and everybody's you know and it's if it doesn't feel like Atlanta, it's never going to succeed. And, and that's that's yeah. the thing. So when you look at like Decatur, one of the things I love about Decatur is that you don't, I mean, other than in Toco Hills, you really don't see that many chain restaurants. It's mostly independent and whatnot. And so that's why I kind of brought up the Beltline thing is because not only with the Beltline and building businesses around the Beltline that are local infused and like all of that, but also like property and, and, and how that the Beltline was ripping through these these neighborhoods that rather than just, you know, well, let's call it what it is. Like it was supposed to keep it and, and, and maintain rent and all this. And then 
it started to go in the opposite direction uh, where, you know, these people are getting evicted out of their places that, that they've lived generations, generations. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and then they're, you know, what property was, you know, $400 a month rent is now $4,000. I mean, it's just, it's just insane. And, I, and so the intention there kind of went in a weird place. So I, I kind of hear what you're saying on, on the, on, on this, I guess that's going to be South downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, so, so that's, that's, this is where it's, you know, this is where CII comes into play. Yeah. You know, for the last thing we need is another freaking you know, overblown sidewalk that brings everybody's real estate prices up. Like I just don't, you know, that, that concept. And let's put it, let's be frank. The, the belt line was put there by very well-intentioned people. And very, very smart people. Oh, my God. Um, absolutely. Amazing. And I don't think any of those people are there. Now, I will say um, the new the, the, the new leadership in place seems to have seems to have the right things in mind. But don't don't take my word for that. Right. Like, go figure it out for yourself. Go look into what they're doing. I'm I'd be I'd be lying to you if I was well versed on this subject besides just what I see as an Atlantan and, mm-hmm. and what I'd like to see. And what I'd like to see is uh, more locally owned shops. Um, more, you know, more uh, of inclusion, more inclusion of the neighborhood that this shit is replacing and a real thought into the history and the substance of what we're putting there. So no, we're just not plopping targets on stop on top of things. We're actually holding reverence to the history of, of that land and those people and not just displacing those people. Yeah. Um, it's a real shame. And, uh, that's not, it's, it's not the Atlanta I want to grow old. In. No, well, the, and the core of Atlanta, if anyone's ever been here, you've been to a neighborhood festival from Kirkwood to, to Grant Park to whatever. I mean, each neighborhood, big and small has a, has a real history and spirit to them. Uh, and that's one of the really unique things. It's not just unique about Atlanta. I'm sure Chicago has lots of cities have it, but we have it in, a, I think, an abundance of it. I mean, you get away from the cookie cutter and, and I mean, no offense, Roswell or Alpharetta, but, you know, something about art. You go downtown, you start spreading out from downtown. There's a lot of uniqueness into the neighborhoods. And, and uh, that's a rich history that, that should last. So the fact that you all are contributing to that and folks, you can, like he mentioned with the um, the uh, project that you can a- apply for, or your, apply your project for over at civicalanta.org. Do it. Become a part of the change. So I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, everybody, please vote, for God's sake. <laughs> and do it early. Come on. I think there's voting today in my, re- in my neighborhood. Yeah, we have a, there, there, is a, there is a special election day. That is correct. Uh, um, yeah. So maybe I'll go do that and put a mask on. Thanks for the reminder. Um, yep. <laughs> so... Thank you so much for your time. Before we close, I always ask my guests as the Fox Theater recommended you. Is there an organization you would recommend to have on a future Coffee Connections? Absolutely. I would love for you to talk to uh, Philip Ollier from the next from Next Generation Men and Women. You can find information about them on nextgenatl.org. Um, they're a fantastic organization here in Atlanta who are working with youth. And uh, Phil is just an inspiring human being who I uh, love having conversations with, whether it be about the fucked up world we live in or whether it be about LeBron James. Uh, Just a good dude. So I'd love to hear what you guys could uh, chop it up about. I would love that. So I'll appreciate that introduction after. uh, And I want to remind everyone coming up, October is coming up. Uh, We've got, 
I mean, we're stacked for the Coffee Connections is rolling. We start off uh, this Thursday with the Jewish Women's Fund of Atlanta. Uh, then we talk to the Georgia Center for Child Advocacy, uh, another organization called I Care Atlanta, the Atlanta Jewish Music Festival. Uh, we'll be talking with Goodwill and several more. So I'm really excited about uh, the calendar coming up. Uh, fall is here. It's The rain has fallen. Everyone stay safe. Get a cup of coffee. It's National Coffee day here matt thank you so much for your time and uh we'll see everyone again thanks